There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. the rocks, oh yeah, mystery on the rocks, yeah, mystery on the rocks, yeah. And welcome to another episode of Mystery on the Rocks, the show that takes unsolved true mysteries and cocktails and shakes them up in the shaker that is your listening device of choice and delivers it to your ears via headphones. Or speaker, depending on... I mean, I don't kind of imagine many people do that. Anyway, welcome to the show. I am <laughs> in their car. With, in their car, yes, this is true. Yeah, uh, in their car. In their car. A not not home thing. With me, as always, is the fantastic <laughs> Suze Kempner. In their car. In, the, in her car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the amazing Chris Stokes. Hello. I also listen Hello. to podcasts in my car. Uh, I don't... I uh, See, I don't have a car yet, and so I'm <laughs> not podcast Loser. listening. But then this is the thing, though, is that every car journey I know, if I get a car, will be with other people. There'll be very little single driving time. Oh, yeah. yeah true. And so well, it's I, my it, it's a little me time, my uh, yes. uh, my journeys to gigs. Most uh, most recently up to Sheffield. Uh, got a lot ooh. of got a lot of listening done. Yeah, that's good. Because I think there's something always a bit weird. Like, I know I'd never if people were over, we'd be like, oh, let's have a couple of drinks. Cool. I'm just going to put on this podcast. All right. And let's all get in just the car. Hey, who has this? It's debunking diet culture. <laughs> I tell you what. And they're like, I, ooh, yeah, what, put what it I'm on. A, what I'm a big fan of is country lanes in the middle of the night that are winding yeah. ahead of you in the dark with trees looming over you. And you're listening mm. to like a true crime podcast or a or something or something a bit atmospheric. Oh, yeah. That really lends. Yeah. That kind of yes. drive home lends itself well to that kind of thing. Agree. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's re- that's nice. See, what I might start doing is just... Uh, when I finally get my license sorted and uh, car, I probably will just be like, oh, I'm just going to go get something and I'll just go and find a dark <laughs> uh, B, is it B road? Is it B roads? Are they called? Oh, A roads. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. um, uh, so Suze, you are at the fringe. Uh, I am at the Edinburgh Fringe mm-hmm. Festival. Yes. And it's, it's going lovely, very well. Uh, yeah. It's, I'm having a lovely fringe. Um, some people are having a bad fringe and they're people that are uh, pieces of shit. So I'm really <laughs> glad about it. Uh, Do you is, want some yeah. recommendations for the fringe? Yeah, yeah, 100%. We'd love some. All right. I saw The Death of Anna Man, which is Colin Holt's new solo show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, astonishing. Yeah? Absolutely astonishing. He deserves every award going it's so good um i was doubled over laughing and then i cried which is the high point of any comedy show is if i cry real tears so colin holt's the death of anna man that's at 9 10 p.m at the pleasance courtyard i should recommend 
friend of the show, some friends of the show I've seen, Bilal Zafar. Oh, yes. He's on at 5.30 at the Underbelly. His show was excellent. Um, Eleanor Morton, again, has been on the show. Mm-hmm. She's on at 12.40, as in 40 minutes past midday, oh. at Monkey Barrel Carnivore. Um, and that was really great. It's got a, a fantastic sight gag at the end that you'll be like, ah! ah. Um, always fun, always fun. Let me think. Any other friends of the show I've seen so far? It's so such early days. I'm only three days in. So, um, oh, Gareth Joyner has oh, been yes. on the show. He is doing uh, Myra Dubois' A Problem Shared at the Underbelly Bristow Square. I was a guest on it on his second show, and um, Myra's solving everyone's problems, and it's very funny, very yeah. funny and silly. Yeah, there's though out of the shows I've seen, that's what I can think of to recommend. Yay! And when are you on? Oh, yeah, I've seen... Oh, there's some bitch <laughs> called Suze Kempner. <laughs> she is doing PlayStation every day at 2.20pm at the Banshee Labyrinth. Oh, Suze, there's something wrong with the website. I can't book a ticket. Do you think when it says free, non-ticketed, just turn up, it means that? <laughs> it's free. The show's free. Just arrive. You pay at the end if you want to. Um, and Chris, how are we? Okay. Thanks. Good. Yeah. <laughs> just, just got back. Just got back last night. Um, cut, cut, cut the sun yeah. in a kind of like oh. in a in a like almost got burnt kind of way. Yes. Yeah, so you <laughs> look right. very. Uh, you look you a look little good. pink. You look a little pink, but like good. Yeah, like but it's like it, like I can do that, and it doesn't hurt. It's not it like hurt. it's not a burn. It's like I just caught the sun mm. and 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 gracefully deflected it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that they ban Masood? Did you know that they ban? If they're in the sun for too long, they ban. They touch their skin <laughs> and it hurts. So Masood, as a person with a white father, yes. can you burn? Uh, yeah, I can actually. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I've got. I've got to be careful. Me and wait, Lucy both. Wait, black careful. people can burn. My friend Michael used to get burned. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sort He's of black. A, it's a strange. <laughs> it's a strange myth that somehow. That like, I know oh, it, it, it look, no, we all do yeah because he used to go darker in the sun as well yeah. he'd be like oh yeah because um, I remember I was like 14 I went Michael do you get burnt he said yeah and I'll go darker and I was like fascinated <laughs> <laughs> tell me more <laughs> which is so what? strange because so do white people <laughs> exactly <laughs> well, yeah, but, I, but I was like but he's already tanned it was like racist yeah. about it it's uh no it, yeah I don't know where that is it is one of those strange myths that like well but I don't know they do I my favorite <laughs> is definitely uh, if I meet someone who has uh, been on holiday recently and they gonna they do the they put their arm next to mine they're like look look I'm oh, like, how are annoying we? oh have you done that as a bit no I think I've mentioned it to you guys before. Yeah, when people come up to you and they go, look, same colour. Same colour. And I'm like, we are not, absolutely not the same. (laughs) No, you just have a tan, honey. Masood goes, honey. Masood, hold hold your arm up to the camera. (laughs) (laughs) See? Look, look, Masood, me, you and Chris are the same colour now. We're the same. (laughs) Oh, man. What are we drinking? Oh, uh, I've got a lavender and sage martini. Oh, wow! That sounds very yeah. Nice. So the um, the lavender gin that I used on uh, last week's episode, yes, uh, my sister got it for me for my birthday, mm-hmm. um, 
And uh, I didn't really mention where she got it from because she got it from her friend or neighbour who runs a little business called Lavinia's Mystical Caves. Uh, oh, that's a nice name. Okay. Uh, you can find her on Facebook, I think, facebook.com forward slash that. And she does like Wiccan trinkets and bath bombs, but she also makes meads, gins, and vodkas. Oh. And this, the lavender gin is delicious, by the way, not just yes. bullshit. It's, uh, it's really, really tasty. The cocktail that I made last week is better than this one, so I'm not sure it lends itself very well to martinis, but delicious as a drink by itself. Okay. And mm. probably with tonic. Um, oh, yeah. But this, this is all right. It's lavender gin, dry vermouth, uh, and then sage. Hmm. That's very nice. I think the reason I'm not as keen on it is because obviously the vermouth is going to dent the gin. Mm. And the gin's yeah. so nice that I feel like that's a little bit of a shame. So I'm probably not going to make martinis with it going forward. What would you do with I guess, yeah, it's like it's almost like that's the star of the show. And you want anything else to sort of be, just be supporting roles. And vermouth mm. kind of... Vermouth is like... Vermouth is like... Al Pacino in Heat. He's, I mean, like, every time the story cuts to him, you're like, fuck yeah, all right. Then it cuts back to De Niro and you're like, holy shit. And in a martini, that's exactly what you want. You're like, whoa, what? Okay. But if, if the yeah. is, you know, he's someone all the way up there. Yeah, it's meant to, it's meant to sort of like soften the gin, I guess. Yes. In a martini, isn't it? Yeah. But with, with this gin, you don't really want it softened. It feels, it's, this gin is more like the movie Showtime. With Al Pacino and Eddie Murphy, both of which are fantastic <laughs> actors, but together just doesn't quite. In this like project, no. You, could... <laughs> you uh, uh, Masood, can make any cocktail, make it an allegory for an Al Pacino movie, <laughs> for any Al Pacino, Al Pacino movie, or Robert De Niro. Film. Oh, just specifically Al Pacino movies. Yeah. Do you you know remember, do you remember Showtime and then? Isn't no, isn't Showtime De Niro in it? Um, oh no, it's De Niro. Sorry, Murphy. I got that wrong. It is. Yeah, De Niro. it's right. Yeah, yeah. Because he did a he did a bunch of fucking shit films around that time. Oh. Do you remember Fifteen Minutes? Oh shit! Oh, yeah, that was with Edward awful. Burns. Oh my god, that was bad. Uh, anyway, sorry. What am I drinking? Right. What are you drinking, Suze? I better make my cocktail. There, I made it. It's a can of Diet Coke because oh. I'm at the fringe and I can't have a nice cocktail. The greatest sound in the world. I, um, <laughs> the can mm. I quite I quite fancy a can of Coke now. After yeah, Ooh, after I saw Chris, you open have you got one in the house? Oh. Uh, I, I, I haven't, no. Um, Why didn't you order I, from a takeaway? <laughs> <laughs> this I can of what, Coke was me £8. I, you know, I think what's happened here is, is that um, Diet Coke was never marketed towards men because it was always the Diet Coke mm. break. I don't yes. want you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. uh, uh, but... That, so I've never actually seen an advert more both? convincing than Sue's just opening a can of Diet Coke and going, oh, yeah, no, I fancy one of them. Yeah. I like that. That sound looks really nice. What were you yeah. laughing at, Missy? I was just the, how you both started singing the song for the ad. It just cracked me up. I just like, <laughs> it Work all day. Diet Coke break, Diet Coke break. That's <laughs> what people always bring up when you go like, oh, sexism in adverts towards women. People, There's always some man who goes, what yeah. about uh, the Diet Coke uh, advert? It's uh, like, name you've... me one more. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Masood? A uh, oh wow, I've nearly finished it now. It's a uh, a spicy margarita. Hello, oh, yeah. got chili in it. So how I, have you uh, spiced it? I uh, I muddled um, some jalapeno in the bottom of the. You made a jalapeno Chris, margarita. He's so excited. Yes. Jalapeno and margaritas are probably my they're my favourite variant of margarita. So I would good. say it's jalapeno so margarita. Good. Yeah, it's it. I mean, I can see why it's so good. 
how, how did you make your jalapeno margarita, Masood? Because I, like, I, I, I'm like, I really want to make one. Because yeah. I had some at that Mexican, Mexican restaurant by Mornington Crescent. And oh yeah. my God, they were amazing. I'm like, I'm going to make Ooh. some. Did you, you need fresh jalapenos, right? Yes. So I muddled the fresh jalapenos and I would have put agave syrup in there to muddle it with, but I didn't have any. And to be honest, I think I preferred it that way because I quite ah. like spicy drink. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I also, that sounds gross. The rim, <laughs> the rim has uh, some chili powder. Well, not chili powder. No, chili salt. Chili, chili salt. So I made salt. That's exactly how I had them in the restaurant. Oh. So did you just make a margarita as normal? Yeah, but, and put the. So you muddled the jalapenos. Yeah, and then I poured everything else on top. But well, my margaritas are different though. I do half lemon juice, half lime juice, and that. Uh, and it sounds like it is. It's not a huge difference, but somehow it is. But it, still it just use makes it a bit uh, sweeter. Still use Cointreau. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, what is the I'm best orange liqueur to use? I'd probably use Cointreau to be honest. It's Cointreau pretty, would be the best one. It's, it's pretty good. It's you know it's very readily available. But I'd say for the yeah. price point as well, I guess if you're going to be yeah. using it to make margaritas, you don't need like the best orange Posh stuff. No. So like, but like, there's a tr- triple sec that I get at World of Wine, which is my local offie. Yeah. Um, and it's much cheaper. Oh, that'll be fine. I mean, I think that's it worked too. Yeah, like I think as long as it's not like uh some crazy flavored orange liqueur although if it was like dark chocolate orange liqueur that might add a crazy element to it uh maybe not with the jalapenos (laughs) not with the jalapenos but i reckon on its own it could be pretty good oh yeah i I wouldn't have it with the jalapenos yeah because you held your drink up there so those watching by the way you can watch these episodes oh yes patreon patreon.com slash mystery on the rocks if uh, you can you can see that Masood's drink is very clear, so a lot of people basically make slush puppies when they make margaritas. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's now, not you're not keen on that, Masood. It's so interesting. So the frozen margarita, I get it. It's not for me. I'd probably try one or two and be like, oh yeah, cool. Like if I okay, here's how it yeah. is. If I'm at a wedding or an event and someone's like, we got frozen margaritas, I'm like, well, fine. But I'm not gonna sit. I'm not gonna make it myself. I, I, I ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Sim- if you simple make a fucking Sue's, I would. They're like, um, they're like a tall drink because of all the ice in them, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah. then people get confused and they make the same measurements when they make a, a normal margarita. <gasps> Hello. Like, no, you don't need to. Hi, oh, uh, welcome to my world. Oh, it does not need to be a jug of a pint of margarita. Oh my yes, goodness. Yes, it, it does. does. We don't normally do we don't do a competition, do we? But in my head we do. And uh, Masood easily wins this oh. week with a jalapeno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Oh, it's better than a can of Coke. Even though Chris wanted both of our drinks, Masood. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. He was like, I'm oh, look at both. that jalapeno yeah. margarita. And then when it's a can of Coke, you yeah. go, oh, I'd love a can of Coke. I, feel bad. I want to clarify. I want to clarify. I can't stress this enough that Lavidia's Mystical Caves lavender gin is incredible. It sounds I, incredible. I made a disappointing cocktail with it. Don't. No, 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 don't, don't, don't those two Go and get not. a bottle of it, because it, yeah. it's genuinely delicious. Yes, do go and get a bottle of it. Yeah. Maybe we should put, like, the link of that somewhere. I don't know. That might be a fun thing, yeah. Definitely. Uh, so, Chris, what do you have for us today? The death of Malcolm Caldwell. Hey! Oh. So 
we are back in uh, after taking our sidestep with the Somerton man last week. Yes. Uh, and the new um, information found on that. We are back. Uh, yeah, so after the Somerton man, we're back where we were. You know, as Suze was like, oh, we're nearly in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. We are still in the 70s. Oh. But almost, okay. almost, almost in the 80s. 80s. We're, okay. we're in the same year as the Umbrella murder. Uh, we're in 1978. Hey. Yeah. Uh, hey! Malcolm. The Deer Hunter. <laughs> year oh, of the Deer yeah. Hunter. Yeah, I haven't seen that Fucking in such eight. a long time. Oh, wow. And then me neither, actually. Let's all go and watch The Deer Hunter. <laughs> the other night, my oh, flatmate. Uh, to be honest with you, I can't really remember that much about it except for that scene, the Russian roulette. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which one? The the first one? No, the, where Christopher Walken's just sort one. of like dead behind the eyes. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. De is mm. so fucking good in The Deer Hunter. Like, I think The Deer Hunter's um, kind of like... A ultra flawed masterpiece because loads about it shouldn't work and does anyway. It, like I think it's an absolute acting masterclass from everybody. December 1978. We're in uh, uh, Christmas Eve Eve, 20, December the 23rd. Oh, great, great name for a day. My favourite day of the year. It's not. <laughs> I like it. I like Christmas Eve Eve. Oh. Do you? Why is that? Just like it because there's because it's less pressure than Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's way less pressure than Christmas Day. You can get excited. The telly's good. EastEnders has really started ramping up by the 23rd. I like it. Okay. Ah. Yeah, I've got to say, I enjoy the Christmas period more than Christmas Day. Yes. You know same. what I mean? Christmas yeah, Day is part of that, it. obviously. Because yeah. Christmas Day, yeah. I have to drive two hours to my nana's and see yeah, in a cold house. I think oh, yeah. With, so wherever we go for Christmas, we're there for like, uh, like at least a few days. So Christmas Day, we're okay. always in, in situ. But Christmas Day is very much always going to be an anticlimax because Christmas Day will never be as good as Christmas Day when you were nine, right? Yeah. yeah. When you were a kid. So, like, You're never going to get that scale electrics. Never going to know that feeling when I open never a game. Never going to get it. <laughs> when you've made peace with that, then yeah. it's like, oh, the whole Christmas period becomes a, an amorphous blob anyway. So. It's true. Yeah. This is, I mean, yeah, it's, and it's not like, oh, Oh, you're ruining yeah. my childhood. Like, no, no, it's just that's what happens. It just it's not as good. Yeah, get get over it. <laughs> Say true. I tell you who uh, Christmas Eve Eve 1978 wasn't good for. Oh, uh, was Malcolm Caldwell? Did did he not get the game gear he wanted? <laughs> he had to wait two got more Muc- days. He got he got he did get the game gear, but the only game it came with was Muck Kids. Oh no, not Muck Kids! <laughs> Literally the worst fucking game. Oh my god! Did you oh. have a Game Gear? I no, did. I didn't. You didn't? Oh, I, I really wanted one, but my mum was like, "What are we millionaires?" <laughs> and she would be right. And your dad had just brought a massive video camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He spent all the money on that already. No, we had a master system. It, my dad got it in 92, and then me and my brother had a second-hand Mega Drive in, like, 95. The first... Bit of Game Boy. Oh, no. The first console we got was uh, a PlayStation in 1997. Ah, you got the PlayStation. Any Mega Drive games I played or or NES games that I played were at friends' houses. Yeah, same for me, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, all mates' places. Um, yeah, we got our um, PlayStation 98. Done a whole show on it. 220 at Banshee Labyrinth. <laughs> See you there. Yeah, on right now, when you, uh, when you when this episode comes out, you could go tomorrow if you're in Edinburgh. Yeah, you yeah. could literally go tomorrow um, and see it in Edinburgh. Come on. Uh, Christmas Sue so, will be there. 
<laughs> Would we? Uh, oh, You're no. in the show. <laughs> Both of you are in the show. Oh, are we? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, because I say that you sent me the video of Deke. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I really oh. wanted to work it in there. Deke. Oh. Uh, so Malcolm Caldwell was a Scottish academic and a Marxist writer. Okay. Uh, vocal critic of American foreign policy. He was a campaigner for Asian communist and socialist movements and he was a supporter of the Karma Rouge. Mm. So Are you aware of the Karma Rouge? No. Maybe the I've said it wrong. Khmer Rouge in, in, in Cambodia? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. The, uh, it's oh! The, it's the name popularly given to members of the Communist Party uh, over there. Uh, and it ruled Cambodia between okay. 1975 and 1979. Um, is this so what the Killing Fields film is? Uh, one of the leaders of... Well, Masood, one of the leaders of... How did you pronounce it? I pronounced it the Khmer Rouge, but I oh, believe it... Yeah, I've always, is... I've always pronounced it as, uh, as Khmer Rouge, but... Oh. Masood's Cafe Rouge. Right. It's Cafe, Cafe Rouge. Rouge. <laughs> I, think you'll, I think you'll find it's pronounced uh, Cafe. Yeah, so um, the uh, uh, one of the um, uh, most famous leaders of it, Masood, was... Paul Pot? Paul Pot. Yeah. Paul Pot, indeed. Paul Pot, yes. Caldwell was a supporter of... Uh, of he was it. good on Britain's Got Talent. Uh, <laughs> Paul Pot. Oh, Paul Pot, yeah. He's good. Do you remember, Paul I Potts. fucking hated this, right? When he uh, won, because he was singing opera, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a, um, like an amateur, amateur opera singer who was untrained which always uh, grinds my gears a little he was i think then, he was a very nice man and then there was a lot of um opera critics that would say like um fair play to him very well done it's not strictly speaking mm. opera singer though um, uh, and then uh, amanda holden lost her shit and started going on about her why can't these people just like just Shut up for once, and it's like it's their job. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like, literally it's what like, they know, and they're being very he's nice. Released, not... He's released an album, and it's top of the classical charts, and they're giving their opinion yeah. on it. And they're not yeah. being Which dicks. Is... They're not. They're not going. This no. man is. This man sounds like you know, you know a, a frog with a throat yeah. infection. Yeah, they're it, saying like oh, they're being okay. very sort of like he's uh, fair play to him for winning and very very well done. But yeah, that that mm. sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yes, they yeah. were very much like, good luck to him. However, you um, should know. <laughs> yeah, yeah anyway, so <laughs> uh, basically Malcolm Caldwell was murdered under mysterious circumstances a few hours after meeting Paul Potts in Café Rouge. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got them really nice crispy fries they do. That's oh, what it was, it was yeah. the bloody fries. Uh, They're so good. No, um, actually, Malcolm's his middle name. His full name was James Alexander Malcolm. Ah, Caldwell. Caldwell. Uh, but Caldwell was uh, murdered under mysterious circumstances a few hours after meeting Pol Pot in Cambodia. Now, mm. he was a supporter of the, the Khmer Rouge. So, mm. is this like Dennis Rodman with North Korea? Oh God! <laughs> Dennis <laughs> Rodman was like, North he Korea. He was like Kim Jong Il was really cool. He used to come over there. Yeah, they used to hang out. Great. Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong Il used to hang out. We've got to do an episode on that. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. So our man, uh, he's 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 dead after hanging out with with uh, Paul Pot. There's Rouge. actually not um, not much not much to it. Um, a little bit of a background on Malcolm. He mm-hmm. was a, a Scotsman. He was born in Stirling. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he completed two years of national service in the British Army. He got degrees from Nottingham and from Edinburgh. He became a sergeant in the Army Education Corps. And in 1959, he joined the School of Oriental and African Studies. Uh, oh, right. at the University of London yeah. which I uh, hope has since he, been renamed <laughs> uh, yes 
he met with conservative opposition within that school, but oh. he remained on its faculty throughout his entire life. Oh. Uh, as a as well as being an academic, he was an energetic and committed racial political activist. He was chair of the UK campaign for nuclear disarmament from sixty eight to seventy, and he was dedicated to criticising Western foreign policy and capitalist economics. Now we're still in the Cold War at this point, so uh, he was more favourable to communism, which was the enemy. Yes, at the time, yeah. Mm. Uh, than he was to uh, the West, which was decadent, corrupt, and capitalist. Mm. So uh, he paid particularly close attention to American policy because remember I said he was a lifelong vocal critic of American foreign policy. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he was a uh, founding editor of the Journal of Contemporary Asia, which was a journal concerned with revolutionary movements within Asia. And then in 1978, he was actually one of the Labour Party candidates in St Mary's Ward in the local elections for the Bexley oh, wow. Council. Oh, wow. me. Wow. That said, he was also one of the staunchest defenders of the Pol Pot regime. Now, we know now mm. what kind of regime that was, but... Pretty bad. It's, it's a bad one. Caldwell was actually... Uh, he attempted to downplay reports of mass execution by the Karma Rouge, and he was widely criticised by many authorities for doing so. So what, he's like, no, no, it didn't happen. And people are like, oh. I see. Yeah, because yeah. well, he was a supporter of... Um, right, right, of uh, Pol Pot, yeah. Of, of, of Pol Pot, yeah. That's, and that's not, that's not an easy... I mean, like, because people hear that name and they instantly go, oh, yeah, 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 that mass murderer guy. And it's like... And also, yeah. um, don't they... Because if, um, if the numbers are accurate that some people are reporting, doesn't Pol Pot have a higher body count than the Nazis? I think he does. If oh, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, the Cambodian... The numbers, yeah. Yeah. Famine, is it? Yeah. There it's, was like a famine and a massacre, like yeah. a long, long massacre. And he's, so, it's, and it's, the numbers added up. Have I got that wrong? I think it's uh, something I, like that. Yeah. It could be, yeah, but it was a, yeah. It's, I swear there the was a famine in Cambodia. In the same way that Stalin did. Uh, yeah. It was, like, it was an engineered massacre, wasn't it? Right, yeah. An estimated 300,000 Cambodians starved to death between 79 and 80. Uh, wow, and then that's not that's not counting the ones that were actually executed and that he had mm. shot. Yeah. Uh, okay. In December 1978, Caldwell was a member of one of the few groups of Western journalists and writers invited to visit Cambodia uh, since the Khmer Rouge had taken power in April 75. Mm. Uh, so, along with two other journalists, Elizabeth Becker and Richard Dudman. Now, Elizabeth yeah. Becker is still alive. She's an American author and a journalist who covered national and international affairs as a New York Times correspondent. She won the Pulitzer Prize in 2002. Uh, Richard Dudman, he's dead. He was an American journalist as well. Um, and he spent 31 years with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, during which time he covered Fidel Castro's insurgency in Cuba and the assassination of JFK. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Okay, so he's got some pedigree. Um, he's not fucking around, this guy. So those two, along with Caldwell, what's Elizabeth Becker doing now? That's, yeah. uh, that's what I want to know. Yeah. Go to her Instagram. She authored the book When the War Was Over, A Modern History of Cambodia. In December 1978, which is where we're talking about, mm-hmm. she was uh, invited with Malcolm Caldwell and Richard Dudman to go to Cambodia. Uh, we travelled in a bubble, she wrote. No one was allowed to speak to me freely. And then on December the 22nd, she had a private audience with Pol Pot. And after the meeting, he came back in a mood described as euphoric mm. to the guest house where the three were staying. And about 11 p.m. that night, uh, she was awoken by the sound of gunfire. She stepped out of her bedroom, saw a heavily armed Cambodian man, pointed a pistol at her. She ran back into a room, heard people moving, and there were more gunshots. An hour later, 
a Cambodian came to her bedroom door and told her that Caldwell was dead. Jesus. She and Dudman went to his room and he had been shot in the chest and the body of a Cambodian man was also in the room, possibly the same man who had earlier pointed the gun at Becca. Fuck. Wow. Okay. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So that's what happened when, uh, uh, that's how he died. Yeah. The motives for the murder remain unexplained because he was surely a supporter of the regime and a bit of vocal well, supporter as well. Yeah. Possibly to the detriment of his own earning potential because, never forget, mm. he was a Western journalist. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. A guy called Andrew Anthony in The Guardian wrote that certainly there must have been some kind of in-house involvement because the guests were guarded. But who instructed the guards and why they did so remains a subject of speculation. Uh, another journalist called Wilfred Burchett and some of Caldwell's family, they think he was killed on the orders of Pol Pot, maybe following a disagreement between the two during their meeting because Pol Pot would have had an audience with all three journalists. So what, like he, he was sort of like, well, I don't know okay. what you think, and just bumped him up. Uh, well, that no one will know, will they? It's just that no. Malcolm Caldwell ended up being shot dead and the body of another Cambodian, of, of, a, of a Cambodian guard in yeah. the room with him. Um, four of the guards at the guest house were arrested. Two of them confessed after torture at the Karma Rouge's S21 prison that the killers were subversives attempting to undermine the Karma Rouge regime and that Caldwell was killed to prevent the party from gathering friends in the wider world. Three okay. days after Caldwell was killed, the Vietnamese invaded Cambodia and then soon put an end to the Khmer Rouge government anyway. But yeah. according to Becker, Malcolm Caldwell's death was caused by the madness of the regime that he openly admired. Now, to me, that implies that Elizabeth Becker, from that quote, did not support the regime in the same way that Caldwell mm. did, if at all. Mm. Yeah. And yet she was not killed, but Caldwell was. Well, it's weird that like, the, your yeah. man comes into the room, stops. Oh, is that right? Okay, no, not her. And then... Off to, off to Cordswold. Um, Cordswold. Cordswold. <laughs> Co- the Cotswolds. Off to the Cotswolds. <laughs> it's a nice part of the world. It is a nice part of the world. So that is who Cordswold was and what happened. Right. There's mm. really not more to, to that. We could look at Pol Pot a little bit, but do you know about Pol Pot? Not enough. Just the top lines. Just not the enough. Yeah, just the top All line. I know is that he was Pol Hot. Oh, <laughs> he was. Um, oh, he sure was. Let's get the, the way I'm sitting. It looks like my microphone's a knob. 
Hey. <laughs> it does a bit, yeah. Hey. Patreon.com slash Mr. on the Rocks if you want to see that little tidbit. If you want to see if you want to see my knob. Hey. If you want to see my knob. Let's see. Oh yeah. It's oh he's he's oh Paul Pot, yeah. Hang on, hang on. And then I and then I go, and loads of wires come out of it. Oh. <laughs> see yeah, sparks. He's we've <laughs> we've had the hots for some quite terrible people on this show. And, Pol Pot's uh, the, probably the worst. Have you looked to see whether you would fuck Pol Pot? Mm, yeah, it's not really, my, not really my thing, I'm afraid. <laughs> it's not really. <sighs> Suze, would you use your newfound knob on Pol Pot? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd peg that boy. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to look up Pol, Pol, Pol Pot. Pot. That's going in the tweet for this would episode. Pot, would I peg Pol Pot? Hang on, let me look. Pol Pot. Yeah. I mean, now that pegging's involved, yes, I, you know. Peg Pol Pot. a picture of him. That someone should make like an uh, an early two thousands flash game called Peg Pol Pot. Peg Pol Pot. Oh my god. Peg Pol Pot. Here's a picture of him. No, I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> he looks a little bit like Gaddafi. He's yeah. got like a Gaddafi esque. He's he's got that Gaddafi face where they're like, hey, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. There he yeah, is. yeah. He yeah he he he's the one flashing clash. It looks like clashing. their mouth's always too wet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, that's it. It's disgusting. Yeah. He's the one flashing clash. Oh, there's lots like, of oh, pictures shit. of the pile of bones. Mm. Paul Paul Pot. Okay. Uh, good that he got into the series at some point. Be weird. Yeah. He'd be conspicuous in his absence, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, it would yeah. just look like we liked him too much. To and we're like, no, we don't want to. We don't want to um, do him down. You had to go at Hitler, yeah, yeah, but Pol Pot, we've got a special place in our heart for him. Yeah, but Pol Pot's like a good guy. He's all right. He's just an all-round good guy. Mm. I was just clicking through, just closing some tabs on my thing just then, because I have Pol Pot, Pol Pot open. For some reason, I don't know why the menu at Cafe Rouge is on here. I'm like, oh no, did I look that up while we were talking? I don't you must know have done. <laughs> Masood was like, I want to look at those crispy fries. I want to see those crispy fries. I want to see what, I want to see what Sue's all the fuss is about these crispy fries. <laughs> Are they aside then, the crispy fries? Were they lunch? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Malcolm Caldwell is one of those things where you'd probably agree with him up until a certain point and then he starts defending Pol Pot and you're like, actually, no. You're like, oh. No, no. thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's de- it's definitely, it's it's 2 a.m. and you're having a drink and you're like, oh, yeah, fucking hell. I bet, and you're, you're texting somebody like, I met this guy, Malcolm, fucking hell, he's got some really good. And then he says something, you're like, oh, no, never mind. Uh, yeah. he's, he's a fucking yeah, yeah. Uh, backspace 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 yeah hey Malcolm cut that cut that cut that Malcolm cut that cut that yeah. Malcolm Jim Jones the cult leader from as uh, as in Jonestown Massacre yeah uh, he was he started off as like just this socialist preacher yes um, and the idea of being like oh, you're a socialist Suze you must agree with Jim Jones like well, of course I don't you fucking idiot yeah were you bad of course not like yeah. there was one a... thing he did where he would go into businesses and like they were specifically anti you know, this was during like uh, segregation and stuff or at least the, mm-hmm. the sort of tail end of it and he was like, he'd be mm-hmm. like oh do you want this place to be full because I could fill it for you and a lot of places yeah. and basically he'd just get uh, black people to go in and eat there yeah and the business would do really well and it's like oh that's a really good thing actually he sort of went in and went like oh that's all yeah, nonsense yeah there is a timeline that exists where if Jim Jones maybe didn't start doing loads of heroin um, and amphetamines, and yeah. just didn't go mad with power, yeah. he he would just be this sort of little footnote in history as like, oh yeah, he was this kind of ego trip white guy who started his own church, but they mostly did good work in the community. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was obviously fine. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about him recently, and I looked him up. Um, uh, I can never remember his name though because there's too many names to remember. But the guy that 
um, shot Reagan to impress Jodie Foster. Oh, oh John Hinckley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who's on Twitter going, I keep being cancelled. Yeah. So he's, he's got a YouTube channel where he puts recordings of his country music on. <laughs> what? Yeah. And so you can so you... go and actually watch John Hinckley plays guitar and listens yeah. to John Hinckley's new single. Um, what? Yeah, he's always performing little covers and stuff as yeah. well, yeah. And, like, uh, and I'm sure it's probably fine. Like, it's not... I mean, I don't listen to country music, so I don't know, but I'm sure it's probably all right. He's just it? like a guy in his 60s singing songs with a guitar, but he's also... John Hinckley, a, the guy who um, attempted to kill. He was in an institution yeah. for decades because he tried to kill the president. He opens every video with guitar and he goes... This one's for Jodie. Oh. <laughs> jo- oh jo- Jodie is in her late 50s now. Oh, then no. Ew. I only yeah. liked her when she was 12 and a half. Oh, man. Um, Pol Pot was... Uh, look him up, guys. He was a bad he's sod. A bad. Yeah. He, he was a baddie. Bad sod. He was a bad he's a baddie. really bad sod. He uh, lived until 1998. Mm. Uh, Jesus. He died in his sleep. Here I got my PlayStation. Of, uh, of heart failure. Uh, but there are some people that think he killed himself because there was a chance he was about to get extradited to the US. Oh, right. oh okay, interesting. Yeah. So hearing about that, they thought he might have killed himself. I think he was arrested only the year before he died, I think. I think he was arrested in 97. Oh, right. And then he died in 98. Right. His grave is not... It's not the most opulent of graves. There's a picture of it if you look for it. Just, look, just search Pol Pot's grave. But um, oh. it, it looks like a it looks like a really shit wa- shit, shit well at a farm. <laughs> All I found here is a giant turd. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a poop emoji with devil horns. Uh, so yeah, what did, I mean, what do you think happened with Malcolm Caldwell? Bearing in mind there was the dead guard there as well. Elizabeth, um, yeah. Elizabeth uh, has no unscathed. She doesn't need to lie. Um, Elizabeth no. Becker. No. Um, she was just a journalist out there as well. There was no need for her to lie about what happened, um, unless it was self-preservation. Uh, but what she did say happened was that the regime killed him anyway. So that's not going to preserve her. Do you know what no, I mean? That, that yeah. That's not the yeah. lie that's going to save her life. So I have no reason to doubt what she said happened. Uh, no. A guard came and said that he was dead. But what? What if um, they? A guard did go mad and shot him, and then they shot the guard, or uh, they shot him and then they covered it up by shooting the other guard and said that that guard had shot him. Who knows? Mm. Well, yeah, absolutely. Fuck knows. The, the fact it's, about the fact mm. about um, Pol Pot's regime it's all weird. is that they didn't really the sanctity of life wasn't a thing. <laughs> you know, they just sort of like yeah, no, a lot of people died, like and then after that, it just becomes a drop in the ocean. So like, oh, what another yeah. Yeah, one dead? It's like. That's yeah. kind of how they heartlessly viewed human life. So I don't know. It's that thing yeah. like with the mafia, isn't it? Where they were just like, yeah, they won't be a problem anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. No. So they're just gone. That's that. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah. like, but yeah, but it's a such a strange set of circumstances. Mm. Like you yeah. Said. Oh, there won't be a problem anymore. Oh, you're going to go talk to him? Yeah. yeah. We're going to go talk to it, him. It's technically, sure. technically unsolved, but not just... As to who did it and uh, and what actually happened, like the motives mm. are blurred as well. Because he's, yeah, he's one of one of Pol Pot's supporters, who would have written a really nice write up about Pol Pot to the Western yeah. press. That could only have worked in Pol Pot's yeah. favour. So why would Pol Pot have been killed? The other thing as well is that then does that suggest that the 
ones that confessed under torture did give an accurate confession and that they were wanting to stop decent press getting out because they opposed the Karma Rouge from within. Who knows? Mm, that feels... Uh, if we're, if we're going to go with that, that feels like at least a... And I know this is sort of... Uh, is that thing where you find a pattern and it makes it make sense, but it feels like the most a consistent, at least enough idea step by step of like, they got tortured. They're like, Oh no, it's that guy. He's going to, yeah. And so then they, maybe they turned to the guard or something and then he shot him and then they shot that guy. Yeah. But if again, it's like, I say that and not even I'm convinced of that, of that idea. I'm like, yeah, yeah, nah. yeah. It just feels like they probably just shot him. Because that's what they did. <laughs> they just, they just like... Yeah. yeah. Don't have a clue, sorry. Yeah. And especially in those sorts of regimes where... I knew a dude who used to live in... Cambodia. Uh, when... Uh, oh, no, no. In, well, it's <laughs> like, so it was in... Uh, when Saddam Hussein was, you know, still doing... Still kicking about. And he said, like... Still killing it. Um, hey. He lived in Iraq. Uh, yeah, so my friend lived in Iraq. And... Wow. He, uh, he was saying, like... Yeah, like one of his mates, basically, they came around, knocked at the door. We just never saw him again. And it's like... Bloody hell. And it's like, yeah. Uh, in that in that same thing with the Khmer Rouge, like, that's just what they did. They're just like... Or the Nazis, they're just like, yeah, just come around. I, um, just, that's it. Was it gone. you I was talking to about how... Uh, or was it a podcast I listened to where... They went to Iraq and they were in a yeah. cab and the taxi driver was actually bigging up Saddam Hussein. And saying like wow. he's done wonders for the economy here. This was like he Jeez. has uh, he's done wonders for, uh, for for the country. And that that taxi driver wasn't like was just a cabbie. Yeah, mm. like he didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, he was just some guy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, oh, it's all brilliant. But like, it's I nice. think I suspect as it was with the Kimmy Rouge, is like, oh, yeah, everything's just good. In case, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know there were like mass suicides in the sort of three or four weeks before the end of um well before germany uh like surrendered in world war ii because people knew it was going but like there were tens of thousands of suicides um with people who had 100 percent bought into the third Reich, and these are just ordinary citizens and as they saw it about to fall apart before their eyes, they couldn't handle it and they killed themselves. Mm-hmm. Jesus. They estimate 40,000, I think. Because it's the, what is it they call it? They call it the back the backfire effect. Is that like when your belief system gets challenged and you believe it so blindly, mm. like you'll probably do everything in your own mind to like just re-justify it so that it makes sense to you. So you'll yeah, just I don't of... mind how bad my life gets as long as I can keep believing in this thing. In this thing that yeah. I believe in. To the point where, yeah. yeah, absolutely, where it's like, if it's so bad, because your entire personality is tied into it, you're like, wow, I'll just kill myself then. Because there's, there's no point. Yeah. yeah right? So, which is what happened to these guys. They're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. There's nothing. Like, the death of, of that regime is the death of me. And so I might as well. Uh, yeah. Which is fucking mental when you think about it it's like it's, a, it's as bad as the people who say like I don't like tomatoes and that's their whole fucking personality you're like oh, come, <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. come on I had a tomato sandwich well, get over yourself 
Oh, and on that bombshell, before I'm left in total darkness, (laughs) on I don't like tomatoes, should we wrap up? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Everybody. Uh, we mentioned before, as we were uh, talking, that you can join our Patreon. You uh, can. Patreon.com slash Mr. on the Rocks to watch both, uh, to watch all of the episodes. Uh, that We record them. You can watch our fantastic faces talking into the microphones. <laughs> uh, you also get yourself some uh, bonus episodes if uh, you get yourself uh, episodes early before all the schmucks. The uh, video the episodes world. are yeah, extended you can be like, as well. I got a scoop. Yes. Yeah, yeah. video episodes longer than regular episodes. Um, you uh, too can be your own uh, 1920s newspaper editor and say, I got a scoop the second a new episode comes <laughs> out. <laughs> um, I got a scoop. You get the cocktail recipes. Yes. Uh, and then on the higher tiers, you get free tickets to any live show that we do and also merch. Yes. Live shows yeah. will, we will, will do. Happen. We'll be doing live shows at yes. some point. Yeah, at some yeah, point yeah. soon. Just, uh, yeah, we're working on it. Um, it'll it'll come <laughs> out. Uh, and yes, you can also uh, follow us on the internets. You can follow us on twitter.com slash Mr. On The Rock, spelled R-O-X. Uh, same for Instagram. You can also send us an email. Gend us an email? Send us an email. Gend us an email. Just gen it to us. Uh, Mr. On The Rock, spelled R-O-C-K-S, at gmail.com. Uh, you can be like, uh, hey, Masood, what's up? Uh, we, did, we did have uh, 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 somebody write in. Because uh, remember we were talking about the pronunciation of things like uh, in America, mm. American podcasts about the summer to man would say pasty instead of pasty. Oh, um, yeah. Then we went on to uh, the pronunciation of uh, Dahlia versus Dahlia. Um, yeah. Somebody's commented, I think, on our side. Uh, okay, good. They said, I've heard of, this is Marcus D, I've heard of Americans saying Dahlia like Dahlia, but I don't think that it's objectively correct. I also think it makes <laughs> less sense because the H after the A usually softens the A sound anyway. And then they've gone on ah. to say, it's also a pronunciation that gives me serious Italian or Mario vibes. I don't understand what people say about <laughs> like that. I usually think of the hard A as a very American mispronunciation. So there we go. Thank you, Mar- Marcus. Super, <laughs> Super Mario land. <laughs> Super Mario land. Oh, Jesus. And we'll be back next All week right. and we'll be in the 80s. Yeah, Ooh. baby. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. <gasps> Bye. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started